Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? I'm Matthew Bruni here with Go247. Um, for those who don't know, we're doing a Q&A for basketball, for the basketball season um, today, uh, 12 to like 1230 or so. Um, we have a lot of questions. Um, we I asked for questions yesterday in the uh, our VIP board. So if you're not a VIP, you know, those are the type of things that we do over there. Um, so I have about what 10 8 to 10 questions over there and then you know whatever y'all ask me in this stream i'll be more than happy to to answer so all right first obviously up top here uh from lwtjr89 who will have a breakout season will anyone besides days be looked at for an nba team at some point a breakout season on the men's side is interesting because like they have so many newcomers right so on one hand, we're like, all right, from a returning standpoint, we can expect people to step up, whether that is Darius Days, whether that is Eric Gaines. Um, but then on the other side, you have newcomers. So it's like, can you get a breakout candidate from somebody who you kind of expect to already impact the game? I don't know. But Monty Wilkins is another, a Wilkinson is another returner that I'm really interested in watching. Uh, just to give a breakout candidate, let's see. I'm not 100% sold on Eric Gaines at the moment yet. I'm I'm going to be completely honest um, in all of my evaluations of these players, um, just based off what I've seen at this moment. Uh, breakout candidate, does Xavier Pinson count as a breakout candidate? Because he's going to be damn good. Like, he is going to really, really lead this men's team, and I'm excited to watch him. So, I mean, Xavier Pinson, if he counts, um, is going to be awesome to watch. I think Darius Days is, while his scoring and his production is going to go up a bit, I think it's it's not going to be too dissimilar of a role he had last year. I think he's going to be that guy that catches the ball and can score from a lot of different areas. And don't, a lot of people got that confused when I said that he was going to be a versatile scorer in a sense. They thought that that meant him taking people off the dribble. And that's not what I mean. I mean, he's going to be able to catch the ball in different areas of the floor. He can shoot. He can score in the mid-range. He can score at the rim. Obviously, he can get fouled, get to the free throw line occasionally as well. I think his game has continued to grow, so I'm, I'm excited to see what Darius um, brings to the table, although I don't know of a breakout candidate. It's exactly what I would call him. So I'm going to stick with Xavier Pinson. And another breakout candidate, I'll give you a returner as well. I think Monty Wilkinson is going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be able to shoot the ball. I think he's going to be able to um, – be improved on the defense side of the ball, which kind of was his calling card last year, you know, but even more so this year, I think he's going to be a little bit more of that three and D player. Cause I don't think his offensive role is going to expand too much, but I think it's just going to, he's going to be better at what he does. He I think he only went two for two of five from three last year in the first scrimmage. I think he went, what was it? It was two of seven. I believe it was. So um, we're already looking at an uptick in production an uptick in three point attempts. So that that's a really good sign for, for him. All right. Appreciate the question. Next, Tiger Scribe, what is Justice Williams' health status? When will he return to activity? Um, I do not have the answer to that question. Again, I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, I've been asked that a lot, and I understand why. Like, obviously, that's a big question because Justice Williams is a very talented player of, as a freshman. 
and one perhaps the best shooter on this team, one of the better shooters on this team at this moment with Adam Miller out. But I haven't been told anything from the team. Uh, when I have talked to the team, they've been kind of you know hushed about it to an extent. Um, I pretty much know the health status is of everybody else, and you know everybody else is going to be fine. But Williams is one that I'm kind of wary about. I don't think he'll be out for the season. I just don't know how long he'll be out. So I'm going to try to maybe pry something from the from the team. But at this moment, there's nothing to to report. Appreciate the question. Let's get to the next one. D14 asked, is Reed going to be able to protect the rim between him and Days? Are we going to see an increase in defense rebounds this season? Got to keep other teams from getting those putbacks. Um, are we going to see some better defense this season? Okay. So let's start with, is Reed going to be able to protect the rim? I think at a fundamental level, yes. I don't think he's going to be an explosive rim protector. I need to see more of him as, in terms of, game reps you know as being a help defender being in the right position because that's all it is when you're a seven footer and you're not athletic or you know not springy is position right i'm from san antonio i watched tim duncan and david robinson you can't see because of glare yeah i watched tim duncan you know for for years 15 years be a seven footer that couldn't jump and he had blocked two shots a game and was an amazing defender right so it's all about positioning for me and that's what i need to see more from reed he's a freshman i don't know how far along he is in that area because his offense is so refined that i just i can't expect him to come into the year being a great defender so that's what i have to see i don't know at this moment however he does provide them something that they haven't had a ton of in the past which is kind of just a seven foot pillar you could just plant in the middle on both sides right trendon wofford was more of a versatile type guy a guy who would be on the perimeter on both ends at times. And so um, not as much of a rim protector. So I think Reed's going to be a fine rim protector. Um, increase in defensive rebounds. I, it, It's tough. Okay, let, let's look at last year's. Let's look at last year's stats real quick. Um, last year, LSU's rebounding margin was plus 0.6. And I know that doesn't tell the whole story. But they were plus 0.6 on the, in rebounds. So, you know, in SEC, they might have been negative. I think defensive rebounding is large, has been a point of emphasis. It definitely has from talking to Coach Wade. I mean, that's one thing that he stressed is that their de- initial defense last year was pretty solid. It was the defensive rebounding that was a struggle. So you're right that they struggled with the defensive rebound. I can't. I think the addition of Tari Easton is going to help out a lot. So you're not, it's not just going to be days and read. I think Tari Easton, whether he plays a three, whether he plays a four, whether he plays the five is going to help a lot in that area. Cause he's probably the best rebounder on this team at this moment. Again, I need to see more of Reed, but we're talking about uh, Tari Easton who put up 22 and 15, 15 rebounds in the scrimmage they had granted that was against nickel state, but that's still something that I think is going to be a huge strength for him uh, this season. All right. His last question was, are we going to see better defense this season? I definitely think so. I think the personnel is too good. And I think this team is just going to, is going to be, I think last year they ranked around 120 in Ken Palm and an adjusted defensive efficiency. And I think this year we could see top 80, 90, somewhere around there. I think they're going to be a really good defensive, or not really good, but I think they're going to be a much improved defensive team. If nothing else, just because they have better personnel, right? Like Tari Eason is going to be solid. Brandon Murray, freshman, I think is a solid defender. Mwani Wilkinson, I think is going to take a step forward. And then you, you know, throw in there Darius Days, Tom, Efton Reed. I, I haven't seen much of uh, Xavier Pinson on defense, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine coming from an SEC school. All right. 
The Funky Bunch 10, great name, asked, Miller was supposed to be our second leading scorer, most likely. Who between Gaines, Wilkinson, Murray has the best offensive game? Um, I think Miller was going to be the leading scorer. Like, he was killing people in practice. He was lighting it up. I was so excited to watch him, and that's what makes it kind of tough, is Miller is Miller would just is a dude, man. He's a dude. He can score the ball with anybody. I think at, at Illinois last year, we really didn't see it much. I think this, I think he would have led the team in scoring at about 16, 17 a game. I'm not going to say he was, would have put up 20 like Cam, Cam, uh, Cam Thomas, but he would be a really good scorer. He would have led the team in scoring in my opinion. Uh, who between Gaines, Wilkinson and Murray has the best offensive game. Uh, Gaines is a different player. I mean, they're all kind of different players, but Gaines is a, a someone I have tabbed as a backup point guard pretty much like almost exclusively like he's obviously someone who can do a lot off the dribble he can kind of get in the paint but you know as far as finishing goes as far as shooting goes he's just shaky I think he shot like 20 uh, sub 20 percent from three last year um shot like 25 percent from the field some something like that so I I don't trust Gaines to be a consistent scoring threat he's more of a playmaker uh Wilkinson Wilkinson and Murray are interesting because I could see them both. I think they're both going to start together. So, I mean, assuming Tari Easton doesn't start, I don't know. But Wilkinson and Murray, I think I trust Murray's offensive game more at the moment. I think he's a better shooter. He's a more confident shooter. Um, and I think that he's just going to be able to do more as the season goes on. I think he's going to be an improved, um, a more improved offensive player when we look at this team in, like, January. So I, I'm going to go Murray there and um, – but I, I do think Wilkinson has some potential, right? I think I saw him hit some buckets in the mid-range. I saw him do some stuff off the dribble that really excited me. So we'll see how, how that goes. Appreciate the question. Next from Travis BR Tiger. How will Wade make up for the unfortunate loss of Adam Miller? I don't imagine it'll be one-for-one. One. Uh, more of a team effort. Uh, what young guys, role players will break out and pick up the slack? It's it's gonna have to be a team effort because, like I said, I think that he was the best scorer on the team by a pretty significant margin here, right? So stylistically, if we're looking at this team, how it changes moving into the season without Miller, it's gonna be it has to be less isolation than it was last year. Whereas coming into the year, I could see it being similar to last year, right? With with different personnel right Efton Reed obviously in the post Xavier Pinson off pick off pick and rolls uh Xavier Pinson in transition um Adam Miller was that isolation guy you could just get a bucket late in the clock right or take advantage of a switch without Miller I think this becomes a little bit more of a I don't want to call it a motion offense but it becomes a little bit more motion-esque and post centric I think that's where this offense becomes and that's without really seeing them obviously play a um a real game i watched their scrimmage but that's not the same because a lot of players didn't play um i could see it being a pick and roll offense for xavier pinson and a post offense for efton reed right that's how they kind of want to attack and then they'll create mismatches off that and attack off that so that's how i kind of see it playing darius days is going to be that kind of rover kind of guy that can just score when he wherever he catches the ball whatever he does and so I'm 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 interested for that reason in how this offense plays because I think it's, it has to be different to an extent. Although it's kind of too late in the year to really overhaul anything, I think it's just going to be more post ups, more ball screens for Pinson, and just playing off that. So, uh, what was the other part of this question? Young players, role players will pick up the slack. Um, 
I think Brandon Murray's the guy. I think you're you're going to watch Brandon Murray. Hopefully, if Justice Justice Williams get help gets healthy, I think his three point shooting is going to help a lot. But Brandon Murray and Justice Williams are the two guys that I'm looking at specifically to be like, all right, these are the guys that are going to have to help the most in filling in for him. Obviously, Xavier Pinson's going to have more on his plate. Everyone's going to have more on their plate now that Adam Miller's not here, not not healthy. Um, but yeah, I think those are th- those are the two guys primarily. All right, next we got Bogey's Fedora. Would you be shocked if the top two leading scorers were not Pinson and Days? Who on this roster would be most likely to unseat either of Pinson or Days? Efton Reed. Efton Reed definitely could be a top two scorer on this team, 100%. So, um, oh, sorry, I forgot to show this in the stream. Sorry, here we are. We're up here. Um I could see Efton Reed being the second leading scorer on this team. I don't think I could see him leading the team. I I just can't see him putting up 15 a game, I don't think, initially. But I think there's a way in which Reed gets an efficient 13, 12 points per game. Like, I don't know if he's going to – like, it is asking a lot of a freshman, but we've seen big men – We've seen Hunter Dickinson from Michigan just dominate games, and he's a little bigger. Uh, Kofi Coburn for Illinois is a little bit of a different player, but you see that. You see um, Drew Timmy for Gonzaga. Again, a little bit of a different player, but you get what I'm saying in that big, bigs are very valuable. Like post-offense is very valuable in, in at the college level. And so um, I think there is an avenue for Reed to put up 12, 13, 14 points per game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happens. That's probably what I predict him is like 12 points per game. So um, I think Days is going to be in that 13, 14, 15 range. Um, and Pinson, I think, will also be. So between those three, I can't really pick. But if I had to pick between those two to be the leading scorers, <sighs> I think they're. I think Days. Honestly, if I had to pick, I think Days and then probably Pinson and then Reed would probably be my my order, my pecking order of the three uh, points per game. That's probably what I would do. But yeah, really good question. Really good question. All right, next. Do you expect O'Neal to get healthy and be a contributor? I I I don't know enough right now about O'Neal at this moment. Um, I did see I watched a few games last year uh, when he was healthy, and I was actually pretty impressed with his versatility and his length. So, I I hope that he can get healthy. I think he will be healthy by around. I mean, I don't think we'll start the season, but I think at some point he'll be healthy. But he just I don't think he's practiced enough to this point. So he needs to you know r- ramp it up if he can get there in the next couple weeks. So I, I don't I'm I'm not anticipating him being a contributor early in the season for sure. Maybe in conference, but at that point, you know, the rotations get shrunk and I just don't I don't see Wade really. I don't see Wade testing testing him if he hasn't already been tested. All right, next Tiger Law 40. Uh oh no, my fault. That was a reply. Um LSU Tiger 76. Um I don't know anything about recruiting or I'm sorry, uh season ticket sales. I have no idea. Um, recruiting wise, uh, we've covered that a little bit on the site. Shay had a really good story up on the women's side. Um, and I think on the men's side, we've covered that as well. Uh, so check that out. If you haven't already, I'll try to find some links to stories if you need that. Um, all right, nothing there. Tiger law 40 schematically. What should this team be doing the most in order to maximize their skill set to improve defensively? Great question. Great question. 
Um, for me, I don't think they. I think you can switch one through four with this team to an extent. I don't know if Xavier Pinson how strong he is, but I think there's a way that if you have Tari Eason on the court, you have Darius Days on the court, or you have Mwani Wilkinson on the court, Brandon Murray. These are all bigger dudes here who are. I don't want to say they're extremely tall, but they're big. They're strong. And I think all of them can guard one through fours. Um, so maybe Pinson is one you don't you try not to switch. You try to get through screen. You don't switch unless you have to. And then when you look at it, Efton Reed, to me, is a drop big. I, I don't think there's a way in which you hedge at all, soft hedge, hard hedge, or just kind of do anything on screens besides just drop, um, which, which does hurt. But because last year they were just switching everything to a degree, I don't think you can do that with Efton Reed. I think this personnel is a little bit more of a drop coverage for Reed. You just switch everything one through four. You figure it out. You scramble. That's kind of what we saw in the scrimmage is they're kind of a scrambling team that helps a lot and can get burned on some three-pointers as a result, but they're not going to just give you anything easy, right? So um, unless if you work your way to a three-point shot and you you know skip it and reverse it and everything like that. So I I'm interested to see how they kind of approach defense. Again, this, this year is really all about defense for me. I don't know if I don't know if I've stressed that enough in my writing and everything, but there's no reason this defense should not be top 80, 75 in the country. Like the person on this def- on this team is solid enough to get you to a top 75 defense. And that's still probably bottom half of the SEC. Or, you know, probably around seven, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. And that's this team needs to be a top seven defense in the in the SEC in order to be competitive at all. Because I, I think the offense will take a slight step back. Like, I don't think there's a way in which the offense just, you know, stays at as a number five offense in the country with, with Miller gone. So um, I think that, that schematically, I think they're going to continue to switch. I think they're going to continue to be aggressive. I just think with Efton Reed, you have to be in drop coverage for most of the time. So, um, and drop coverage is obviously him during screens. When his man comes in screen, he's sitting not all the way in the paint, but, you know, probably a little below the like free throw line area. Um, so about what ten feet from the from the rim, and the bit and the guard just has to get through it, whether it's getting over it, getting under it. Most go o- most go over it unless if it's a guard that can't shoot. So that's what I would probably look at schematically is just be straight up. They also ran a little bit of a one three one, which I know Wade loves to run. So, but he did tell me you know that they're still working that out, and that wasn't very effective in the scrimmage. So that that's another thing that they're gonna do they change it up well they're very athletic and i'm interested all right next from tiger law 40 uh seeing how athletic fudge is um but still a bit unrefined in his skills what is one part of his game he should focus on this season will make a big the biggest impact to this team put on weight first put on some muscle um so that way he can bend because i don't even see him i mean you can play him at the four right now but like He's talking about Alex Fudge, by the way, for those who don't know. Alex Fudge, 6'8", freshman forward. Um, just springy as hell. Can jump out the gym. Um, an incredible athlete. But he's very, very skinny. I can't see him playing five at all at this moment. I can barely see him playing the four. I might see him playing three, but he can't really shoot based on what I've seen. So I don't know where the exactly how exactly he fits into this team. Um, I don't think he gets a ton of minutes this year at all. But... You know, who knows what what will happen. So I'm going to go definitely put on some muscle, put on some weight. Um, and I think, I don't know if, how big of a 
this is a lot of it's just learning, but I think rebounding is a big thing for him. I think if he was able to rebound at a high level next year or even at the end of this year, he could find playing time because he is so athletic. But that comes back to being physical. That comes out comes back to putting on muscle. And I just don't see him, you know, doing that that quickly. So, but he is a freak athlete. Um, I think rebounding would be a big thing for him. And if he could obviously continue to improve as a defender, that'd be big as well. I'm not going to say anything on the offensive side of the ball albeit if he could become like a Derek Jones Jr. type wing for this team, that'd be huge. Like in, in next year, you know, if he could shoot a little bit, if he could block shots, dunk, you know, be that kind of athlete for this team, that'd be, that'd be a huge boost. All right. Then we got Shea Dixon asking <laughs> is Gaines the best player in of, <laughs> of the Wade era. And why is the answer an easy? Yes. Well, it's simple. I don't know if you watch Eric Gaines, but he's amazing. He's, he's an amazing player. What a, what a guy. Just a tremendous ball handler. I mean, just creative. You see the, the little lay he had? I'll see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it on their, on their, uh, on their, on their Twitter. I don't think I'm going to find it. Let's see. I need to find the Eric Gaines highlight for Shea. That's what I'm doing right now for those listening. All right. Let's share the screen. Riveting content here. Here we go. Show on screen. Look at that. You see that? Oh, no. I lost it. I lost it. There it is. Look at that. Look at Gaines. Look at Gaines. Look at him. All right. Anyways, um, appreciate the question, Shay. All right. Last. Let's get to some questions in the chat. Again, if you're watching, you have questions, you want to send them in here. Um, I will be more than happy to answer them. Let's get to it. First, Charles Bowden. Uh, chances Adam Miller comes back next year? I, I would assume so. I would assume so. I mean, he already left Illinois, and I think he sees a real opportunity for him to be that Cam Thomas-esque player. Um, I, I, I think he comes back. I don't. I mean, unless if something happens and there's like obviously a, you know, Kawhi Leonard-esque situation, I, I think he comes back. I think he's happy with what his role would have been and i think he wants to see what his role can be next year i think he's going to be kind of the leading guy next year as well i mean obviously i don't know who they're going to bring in recruiting wise but i mean regardless if he's the the first or second option he's going to score a lot of points on this offense so i I can't see him really leaving i think this is where he wants to be as far as a style and i think this is kind of what he wants to do so i don't think he leaves chances he comes back i put at like a 85 80%, 90% 80%, 90% high. All right, Corey Warner asked, uh, will LSU win more than one game the remainder of the season? I only see one victory. Oh, yeah, it's about football. Yeah, I'm not answering football here, but I appreciate it. Um, We've actually covered that on the last podcast, on the football podcast, I believe it was. No, roundtable. Check out our VIP roundtable if you haven't already. Uh, that's on the site. That was a, I asked that question. or I asked, I asked if they were making a bowl game, actually, so... Da, da, da. Again, hiring que- coach hire question, coach hire question. All right, Mark Chambers has three questions. First is, what about the defense in all caps? Just defense in all caps. Um, The defense, which I think I've touched on already, I think is just has to be significantly better. Let me pull up some Ken Palm stats here because I'm a big Ken Palm type guy because I think they do a really good job of advanced stats. Um, Let's go to 2021. 
LSU ranked 124th. Here, let me share my screen with y'all on the screen. On the screen, I can't speak. Share screen. Um, this one. Here we go. All right. So here's last year. I probably shouldn't be giving this information away, but here I am. Oh, wrong one. All right. So here's here's the stats from last year. When you're looking at LSU's stats, right? Um, like I said, adjusted efficiency, fifth in offense, 124th in defense up here. That's what you're looking at. Uh, 70th in tempo. They were 231st in the country in turnover percentage as a defense. So they didn't force any turnovers. And what you was kind of obvious when you watched their defense last year, right? They were more of just a switch team, just try to stay in front, just contest shots, which they did a pretty decent job of. As you could tell, they were top 100 in effective field goal percentage as a defense. But they weren't forcing turnovers. They were allowing way too many offensive rebounds. As you can see, opponents had a 32.1 rebounding percentage, which is 312th in the country. That's awful. That is just awful. So, again, that's that's an area that's been a point of emphasis for for um, for Wade and company, and that's what I think is going to have to be fixed. Um, they didn't allow a ton of free throws. I mean, they were, eh, all right, 135th as far as the defense goes. Uh, 17th in the country in three-point percentage as a defense. 241st is two-point percentage. Um, you know, like I said, there, there were defenses that kind of just want to stay in front of you and make you take some tough jumpers, which a lot of defenses do, but they weren't aggressive at all, and they weren't crashing the glass well enough. So um, as a result, when teams did were able to penetrate, they didn't have the size, they didn't have the athleticism, or really the, the want to, you know, really contest those shots at the rim. Um, yeah, man, they didn't force any turnovers. Look at that. 7.3 non-steal turnover percentage as a defense is just not good. Um, Teams shot 44% of their shots from three last year. Um, that's a very, very high number. And I think that's what we're going to see kind of this year, right? With, especially with Efton Reed, I think they're going to be a little bit more of a paint-centric defense kind of rotate. I mean, we saw Nichols State, I think, went 7 of 36, 7 of 32 from three, something like that. Like, they shot in the 30s. That's a lot of threes to give up, and a lot of them were open. So I am kind of concerned on that front of giving up open threes. But, you know, I, I, I'm – they do have much better personnel, right? If you look at this this team last year, you I mean Cam Cam Thomas, Trendon Wofford, Javante Smart. Javante Smart was a terrible defender. Um, Jalen Cook, um, Andre Haya was a fine defender, probably. But like, I ju I just see this defense being a lot better personnel wise. I I can't see it being worse. I think Tari Easton alone. I think Darius Davis will be better. Um, I think you have like guys like Brandon Murray, Monty Wilkinson on the wing, who's going to be fine. So. That's the defense for you, Mark Chambers. Appreciate the question. Who is the best ball handler? Mark Chambers asked. Um, best ball handler is definitely Xavier Pinson. Uh, Eric Gaines would be behind that, even though I don't love Eric Gaines as far as like an overall player goes. He can definitely handle the ball, and he's definitely a creative player with the ball in his hands. Xavier Pinson is the guy, though. He's the point guard. He's the dude. All right, next from Mark. Let's roll through Mark's questions. Last one, actually. Who is the best pure shooter? So Miller's out. Uh, Justice Williams would probably be my other answer, but he's hurt right now. Um, this is the big question. Uh, I think it's Darius Days. Is it Darius Days? <laughs> uh, it's not Mwani. It's not Brandon Murray yet. Uh, it's, I mean, Efton can shoot. It's not Efton. Um, I'm looking at the roster. Uh Pinson, I think, is fine, but he still only shot like 32% from three last year or something like that. I think it's Darius Days. 
it's probably Darius Davis. I will say Tari Eason's three-point shot looks really, really, really solid. Like last year, if you watch this film from the Cincinnati, um, his Cincinnati games, he couldn't shoot a lick. Now he's actually taking some shots. And um, I, I wish I had – let me see if I can find the, the box score. I don't have it anymore. But the box score of the uh, the scrimmage was really interesting, and I watched it. And Tari Easton looks good, comfortable shooting. Wani Wilkinson looks com- pretty comfortable shooting. Um, Brandon Murray's getting shots up. I like all three of them to be um, solid three-point shooters this year. So that that's going to help this team a lot as far as versatility goes, just playing off of Reed and playing off of Pinson. So, Yeah. All right, appreciate the question. I think that's all we got. Last call for any any questions here. Uh, go ahead and type them in the chat. But if not, that'll do it. Um, I will upload this as a podcast version. If y'all missed anything of it, um, I'll I'll upload it on our podcast uh, feed. So that'll be on uh, Apple. That'll be on Spotify. Um, I'll keep this on YouTube as well. So if you missed it, it'll be on YouTube. Um, I think it'll also save on our their Twitters and Facebook. So if you you know, want to watch it on that, watch it back on that. You can as well, but yeah, thank you all for coming out. Thank you all for joining me. Kept this about 30 minutes, which is exactly how long I wanted to keep it. So we're doing good. We're doing good. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, check out go 247com for all the latest on basketball, football, coaching, hire stuff. We got everything going over there. 30% off deal on annual subscriptions going right now. Check that out. Uh, leave us a rating and a review on podcast. If that's where you're listening to this, leave us a like, follow, share on, um, and subscribe on YouTube if that's where you're watching this. Thank you all for joining me, and I'll talk to you all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.